welcome to the What's On podcast where we talk about films and we discuss films and we review films. As usual, I'm Billy Ray. I'm Ellie. And I'm Tom. And today we're talking about The Incredibles 2, just recently seen. Got a little plot summary from IMDb here, as always. Well, as always, since like last week. Um, <laughs> while the Parr family has accepted its collective calling as superheroes, the fact remains that their special hero- heroism is still illegal. After they are arrested after unsuccessfully trying to stop the Underminer, their future seems bleak. However, the wealthy Deva siblings of DevTech offer new hope with a bold project to rehabilitate the public image and legal status of supers, with Elastigirl being assigned on point to be the shining example. Now, having agreed for now to stay at home to care for the kids, Mr. Incredible finds domestic life a daunting challenge, especially with baby Jack-Jack's newly emerged powers making him almost impossible to manage. However, Elastigirl soon has her own concerns dealing with the menace of a new supervillain, Screenslaver, who is wreaking havoc with his mind control abilities. <gasps> and breathe. That's actually a lot easier to read in my head than out loud. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the basic. Oh, God's sake. The basic. That's the basic plot summary of The Incredibles 2, which we just saw last night. I really like this film. It was good, I've got to be honest, yeah. I really like this film as well. Very, very funny. Jack Jack absolutely stole the show. But he was always meant to, because he kind of did in the last one a little bit as well. Like yeah. that little Jack Jack short that they did. Which actually, I'm sorry, before we actually get into The Incredibles 2, can we please have talk about the little short beforehand? Because oh, it yeah. was really <laughs> peculiar, but I really, really liked it, and it made me cry. I cried about a dumpling man. Yeah, as always, there is a short film before the main feature in a Pixar film at the cinema. And in this one, it was a short film called Bayo about a Chinese boy who makes some dumplings and then one of them... Was, there was a woman. It's a woman. Oh, was it a woman? It, yeah, okay. it's so, a woman. Oh, okay. So a, chi- was, a Chinese a woman of her son. makes dumplings and yes. one of them comes to life, mm-hmm. Very, which was very peculiar. Mm-hmm. It just suddenly starts crying, grows some arms, and then it ages and moves out with a woman and then comes back as a human. Yeah, it's weird. Um, and she eats her dumpling baby. Yeah, that and really then gets really me. depressed. I thought it was, it was. It's about a woman who has a has a kid. Obviously, she and the kid are close. She's always trying to, you know, support it and love it. And then the kid grows up and goes out. And, and I think it was just weird when she ate the dumpling boy. But I think that was a, maybe a metaphor for she said something she didn't want to say because obviously then she started to cry. Oh my god! When she's like crying in her bedroom, and I'm like, oh my god! There have been so many times where I'm doing that exact cry, <laughs> that exact position. <laughs> we've all been there I couldn't get emotionally invested it was just too weird and disturbing for me Wait, especially when some, the dumpling suddenly was wearing glasses and had chin hair and I was like oh my god a dumpling's going through puberty oh, it was when she made all that fucking food for him and he comes out and he's like I'm going and he's like but she made all the food <laughs> it was weird it you was would so never weird. say no to somebody with food no no it's my, <laughs> me and my mum had a big argument and then I just came out of my room and she had just cooked all this amazing food I'd be like right I guess we're on t- talking terms then imagine okay. how much of that would go to waste though uh, not in our you wouldn't house. be able to fit all of it in the freezer um, <laughs> you need fit to it freeze in my it. mouth yeah I've got a stomach like damn good point yeah so that was that was Bayo I, I think it was called Bayo it was very, I yeah. really liked it but it was, I, I was very emotionally invested in a very short amount of time I could be Bao Bao could be Bao yes. yeah Pixar makes some cool shorts um, I'm trying to think of other ones there was one with the toy cleaner guy from Toy Story he had a short yeah, film the Burns is good well, is that the one where there's the big ugly one yeah. on the line yeah. one and the, the little ones don't like him one of the originals from 
Bugs Life where he's playing a game of chess against himself. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. That and was he cool. pretends to have a heart attack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I really liked that one. That was very That funny. was really cool. <laughs> anyway, Incredibles was incredible, in my opinion. It, yes, was, to the it was really, really funny. It didn't have enough of Edna Mode in it to my personal liking. Yeah, but she's not relevant. No. I uh, get that she's a really good character, but does she have much? I thought she did. I thought she was a really funny character in the first one. I just personally really like her. And as, as I was going to say, there's lots of characters in there and she she isn't a particularly relevant character. So she didn't even have to be in it at all. I just really liked her and would like to have seen more of her. Plus what we did see was absolutely hilarious. That's the beauty of Edna. They, they'll just show you like a little snippet just so that you want more. That way, so, that way she doesn't get boring. Mm. I think who she's also voiced by the director Brad Bird, by the way, which well. blew Tom's mind this morning because yeah. he thought that the voice actor had died. He was like, "Yeah, her the voice sounded actor different. she died," and I was like, sounded, "What, Brad Bird?" So different, <laughs> really. Yeah, the voice sounds different. I don't know if it's just because it's been a really long time since I watched the first film, but she sounded different to me. Oh, my okay. ears have aged like <laughs> fifteen years since then. So. Yeah, it's been. 15 years it's taken that long to make a sequel apparently Brad Bird himself said that he didn't want to make another one unless it could be as good or better as the first one he did a good job but it, yeah it took a long time As it's um, the biggest length between a sequel for Pixar with yeah. Finding Dory being a close second mm. yeah Incredibles was out before Finding Nemo I believe I think so yeah it's, um, it's such a long gap though kind of wonder like was there any point in releasing it? <laughs> well, it was really good. I mean, like, there's a big gap between Toy Story 2 and Toy Story 3. Like, Yeah, yeah, there is. And they're making a fourth one as well. Yeah. That comes so. out next year. They don't fuck about. They just make movies when they need to make movies. They make movies when they've got good ideas for it. So I think that's the good thing about the studio. The, the shittest thing they did was Cars. Yeah, that got a sequel. <laughs> that got Cars. That got Cars 2 and that got Planes. Whenever Cars sequels came out, or whenever any sequel came out, I would always just be like, can it be The Incredibles 2 next, please? Yeah. Yeah, this was a good sequel. It wasn't like Mulan 2. Yeah. Hey, um, Mulan 2 was not that bad. <laughs> Alright, I don't like it when people shit all over it. It wasn't that bad. I'm okay? sorry, it I didn't like good it. songs in it. And those sisters were going to be sold for the good of the cunt... Oh, it was... No, I'm not going to get into it. You're going to make me mad. I'm sorry. I didn't even finish it. I didn't like it. See, how can you I comment just... on a thing? You didn't even watch the whole thing. Because it was that bad. I'm sorry. I didn't like it. <laughs> the Incredibles, <laughs> before we get into just this whole Disney Pixar swirl of things. There's one thing um, that I noticed about this film, which mm-hmm. they've done in Batman vs. Superman. Sorry to bring it up, but they did do it in Batman vs. Superman. Hey, man, you're and, the one that hates that film. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I hate that film. But And they also did it a lot better then Batman vs Superman in Civil War where they actually reflect on the collateral damage that the superheroes are making yeah which they oh. never seem to do in films well they do in um yeah I think obviously they do in the original Incredibles as well mm. this is true because it's literally just the original Incredibles Batman vs Superman because obviously Batman's going after Superman for destroying the city Civil War and Civil War because the Sokovia Accords yeah they actually make laws this feels very much like Civil War with all the laws against like superheroes and stuff because of all the collateral damage because they're just causing so much damage and people are just like I am sick of this shit yeah because in real life if superheroes existed and it's like fair enough you're saving us from destruction but you're also like breaking our houses 
and our buildings. And ruining people's deaths. It's like, Superman, do you really have to throw a car at my house? Was there no other way? Yeah, did you really need to throw a car at that bad guy, or could you have just grabbed him and flown into space and waited for him to suffocate? Like, right. <laughs> couldn't you just grab him and laser his eyes out? Well, actually, that wouldn't have been very Superman y, would it? No, it would not be very Superman y. He throws cars <laughs> at people. Like, <laughs> the dude's a dickhead anyway. Yeah. I like that uh, it was a plot point, though. Seems like a social commentary on superhero films a little bit. With the mass, like, superhero, um, the rebirth of superhero films these days, because there's like three a year now. Mm. Mm. There's a lot of damage going on in those films. <laughs> like, Captain America didn't care about it, he just carried on, didn't he? Yeah, he's, oh. just shit. And he, he's still just like. We're still not talking everything. about The Incredibles, though. <laughs> Sorry. <Yeah. laughs> it's just this particular plot point of The Incredibles. They've actually made a really big deal about it. So, being super is illegal. Yeah. Because of the public's perception of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was interesting. I think it was it was nice that they came at it from all different sides as well. So you have it from a parental point of view. So I know Bob's trying to actually be selfish and he's like, I need you to go and do this superhero thing so that I can eventually do it. But he ha- he does have a point when he's like, you're not letting our children have the choice to be who they are. Because at the end of the day, Dash can move at an amazing speed. And if he, even if he doesn't want to be super, but he wants to run as fast as he can to the bloody shop to get some milk, he can't do that under these laws. But mm. he has the ability. Violet technically cannot just go somewhere and be invisible. Even though you wouldn't be able to see her, it's still illegal. You've got to give her the choice to do it. And, it, you know, there's, it, that that leads a lot on to, you know, where they're questioning the law as well. So it's, you know, the law is stupid. So there are laws in place to try and change that law. And that's how you should go about changing the law. And it's all about what is illegal isn't necessarily wrong. Yeah, I mean, alcohol was illegal in America. Yeah, I'm doing prohibition. Yeah, yeah. Like, and now they all love it. Mm. <laughs> but it used to be really illegal. Mm. So, like, laws can get changed. Mm. Be changed. Those are really get good changed. Point. And you can change laws back as well. Because obviously, yeah. alcohol was legal, it was made illegal, and then it was made legal again. So, yeah. you know, you have the ability to... Just because it's now illegal doesn't mean it's wrong. Yeah, exactly. laws can be changed and reversed I, that's something that I actually really loved about this film is that even though it is primarily a kids film they know that their target audience also involves adults because pe- adults are going to go to the cinema with their kids man. and we're going to see this film so they don't pander to the kids with the writing so it's very political still no but that which I appreciate that being said I still can't believe some of the stuff they got away with yeah <laughs> they throw a a shit a in shit a PG in, in a PG they don't drop the T but you hear their shit Oh yeah, I was wondering what you meant, and I was like, "When did someone?" Oh, yeah. How yeah. can you? Draw... And the amount of craps that Helen said—just crap, crap, crap. She's just, just she, she was just saying crap all over she the says place. She crap in the first film as well, but I think it's because <laughs> crap isn't really a swear in America. Really? No, yeah. Okay. It's like I could probably say "bum" in front of a kid loads in the in England, yeah. and they'd be fine with it. But if I went to America and started saying "bum," they'd probably be like, "Oh, you can't say that." No, I like I like Jack Jack. I found it a bit. I love the fact that he has basically every power in the book, but I also find that slightly ridiculous. I mean, I was buying all of it. I was like, yeah, yeah, until there was a moment when they were in the air duct and Viola and Dash, obviously they're on the boat, they're trying to get their parents, they're trying to keep Jack-Jack quiet. Um, And he just expands to this (laughs) amazing size of this giant baby and that's the moment where I was like right this is getting ridiculous and I that almost was... had a moment when he turned to rubber as well I was like oh this is just getting ridiculous that was the what? moment well, I think they do say in the, I think they say in the film that um, 
babies can have multiple powers. Um, obviously, he's still like a special case. I don't think but... they did say that. I think Edna said this was the first case that she's ever seen she, with someone with multiple powers. Yeah, she said I've, she'd met people with three or four, but not up to 17. Yeah, yeah exactly. And counting. Exactly. But I find it funny that you found it ridiculous when he was expanding. That's when it got yeah, ridiculous for you. Yeah. Not when he was like fighting the raccoon. No, that was and, that was funny. You know, <laughs> that was really funny. Made clones of he made shadow clones of himself, yeah. and he can yeah. pass through into different dimensions. Yeah, but he was doing that before. Everything, yeah, no, and I, I knew that no, he no, could no, have I... more, but it was just it felt like. They almost put that in there, not because he's actually got that as a power, but as a plot point to get them out of a sticky situation. Yeah, but it, but yeah. the thing is, is that I think that is the purpose of Jack Jack for most of the movie. What plot convenience? He's, he's <laughs> really convenient to the mm-hmm. plot. So near the, near the end of the film, um, so Elastigirl, Mr. Incredible, and Frozone have all been captured and they've had these special like goggles put on their faces. Um, and Jack Jack just moves it very slightly off of Elastigirl's eye and that's it okay. yeah like if the writers ever get stuck in a situation they're like oh what do we do we can make just, him expand just, just make him go really big they're just throwing things jack jack things at the wall and they're all sticking they're just like yeah that'll do <laughs> <laughs> I like it when they took him to Edna which actually she she there is a massive plot point because she is the only one who can they don't know how to control him and she's like there is no point controlling him but there's a way that you can alert yourself to what to do with him next so she puts that foam stuff in his you, uh, the controller and the foam stuff so when he turns into what she likes to recall as fire demon baby <laughs> if you try and reward anything with cookies um, <laughs> it you know it, it, it explodes on him and it's edible and it's fun and it's you know she, you, they needed her in that moment to come up with something to help and she only did that in a night 17 hours yeah she's amazing with what um, she can do with her suits it was also very funny as well obviously when Bob comes home I found that a really funny line and really touching as well when he turns when he turns to Violet and Violet's like where's Jack Jack and he's like I left him with E and she's like you left him with Edna and you think that's a good idea and he's like I, I don't yeah, yeah, yeah for I some do. reason I do for some reason right now I do yeah <laughs> and then he turns to her and he's like I just wanted to be a good dad sort of thing I found that really touching yeah, I he, thought that was he, really uh, sweet. He just he wants, struggling in that film. He was struggling really, really hard, and he was trying really hard as well. Um, sort of was a bit of a comeuppance though, where he, he, I knew he thought he was going, it was going to be easy, and that he is getting upset that he could do a better job than Elastigirl. When actually he can't because he has more damage than anyone else. Like he is a clumsy guy. Don't you remember in the yeah. first one where he accidentally breaks into the jeweler's thing, and and Helen's like, "You knocked down a building." <laughs> oh yeah, but that was to escape a, a burning building I know, but whilst it, carrying. Yeah. <laughs> I know, but it's she, Elastigirl girl takes man. a moment to think. Like when they're dealing with the Underminer, and she's not right. How can we push and shove and move this? She's thinking, right, I'm going to wrap myself around the engine and try and strangle it, so it just stops. Whereas he's coming up with throwing shit and. Yeah, he's a bit of an ignorant blockhead, but he, he isn't. He, he does come at it full force and doesn't just take a second to think. Which is why they chose her originally, you know, to, yeah. to head the whole thing. I found him mostly quite annoying in this film, as I did in the first one as well. To think about, to think about it, he's just such a moaner. He's always moaning. Yeah, but imagine if you were this had this amazing gift, and the government turned round and went, "You can't use it." No, but it's just the way that they pick Elastigirl, and he's like, "Oh, really? Oh, not me." Yeah, that's so w- annoying. 
Yeah, but like then get again, over yourself. They're trying to put it back sort of what it was 15 years ago, and then you said I think you said they're in the 60s as well. Yeah, they're, they're in the 50s, 60s, I believe. So it's it's they're meant to have that sensibility really. of like men before women type stuff. And, yeah. 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 It's very in keeping with the time period. Like, he was even offended that she suggested that she might go and get a job because she knew he'd be miserable working <laughs> and she'd at least give it a crack. And he's like, no, no, I'll do it. I, I have to do it, sort of thing. And it's like, there's nothing wrong with staying at home, particularly if your son can float through walls. Yeah. Like... <laughs> that kid doesn't need a babysitter. No, it That doesn't. kid just needs food and water. Yeah. <laughs> He'll be fine. Can't let him go rampaging on his own, though. That baby's dangerous. Mm. <laughs> I mean, he can turn into a demon. He can turn into fire. He shoots lasers. Oh, it's, it's, not, it's not. It's not what you want. Was coming. I loved that scene. That was my favourite. Mm. That scene actually made me think. Do you, is it just like a genetic thing where all people with superpowers become superheroes? Is it in their blood to fight evil? Because he just he sees this film where there's a robber breaking in, and then he looks over at the raccoon stealing from their rubbish, and it makes him so he's, angry. No, and it's he just because starts, he sees it's, it's, he sees the bandit mask. Yeah. So it's like it's within him that he has to fight it. Yeah. I wonder if it's genetic because all the superheroes do have powers. <laughs> I mean, in the first one, obviously, Buddy tries to, to do the superhero thing, Mm-mm. but it doesn't work, and then he just becomes a villain. Mm. Maybe there's something inherently in these people that actually wants to be a good person. Mm. Yeah, I, I could, I could get behind that. What I did find funny actually after they had the raccoon fight. And Bob's obviously discovered that oh my god, Jack Jack has powers. He's moving him around like a toy and being like, being like, not a scratch on you, like, <laughs> <laughs> like he's dropped his phone or something. Like oh thank god. <laughs> Jack Jack was the best part of this film for me. Absolutely. I feel like if he wasn't in it, like his funny moments, the rest of the film, it still would have been really good, and I probably would would give it a high rating. But because of all the Jack Jack scenes, I'm gonna give it an even higher rating because mm. yeah, 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 it's hilarious. Especially when they start shooting him like a gun with his laser eyes. The thing is as well, I know obviously that he's a baby and everything, but they did get to a point with his powers and stuff. I'm like, why are you worried about Jack-Jack? He's fine. He can very much take care of himself. It's the rest of the world you need to worry about. Yeah. Since he's shooting lasers, he's going to be a nightmare in school. And I know they're going to try and teach him to control his powers and everything, but they already work reflex-like or reflexively to to save him he's fine he can do everything <laughs> he's gonna be a mess when he goes through puberty oh he still God. has all those powers it's he, just when he was sneezing and flying up into the air and then a, ho- a portal to the next dimension would <laughs> just like cookie cookie I'm not cookie <laughs> <laughs> so funny and he, he just laughs at everything he is so joyful nothing makes him sad mm. he's better than the baby from cargo I hate that stupid oh, baby oh no that baby was chill <laughs> that baby was drugged <laughs> <laughs> baby was chill as fuck. Nah, I prefer Jack Jack. Jack Jack's my favourite baby in a film that we've seen so far on this for this podcast. Fair play. If I, I mean, it's not much competition. It's the baby say. from Cargo versus Jack Jack. <laughs> Go on, Jack Jack. Jack, so... Jack Jack. Jack Jack would win in a fight. Oh no, there's the baby from Quiet Place, but he didn't really do very much. He just, you know, the baby got in a burst. box. Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't count. Yeah. Second favourite baby. <laughs> Ahead of the baby from Cargo. Yeah, she was, <laughs> she was shit. She was a terrible actress. <laughs> Back to the incredible. Top 10 stage. babies list. <laughs> they are so cute from a reasonable distance. Talking about the film in general is, you know, it's very good. It's definitely one that I think you should see. 
Like, it's a bit disappointing, as we said last night, about they followed the same trope as last yeah, time. Yeah, it's the exact same. I was just gonna say we've um, spoken a lot about what we've liked, so now let's get nitpicky. <laughs> okay, I didn't like the plot construction because it was the exact same from the film before. Yeah, person who you think is a good guy turns out to actually be the bad guy. To the point where, when they came on screen, I turned to both Tom and Billy and went, "That's the bad guy." Yeah, I said that to you as well. I was like, "It's her." It's yeah. predictable, very predictable. Because, but it's a children's film. Oh yeah, so you, yeah, good point, good point. But you just kind of knew with the whole backstory of what happened to her dad and how he tried to call the superheroes when his house was being robbed. Yeah. And the wife was saying, "Let's just go hide. We don't have time for this." And, also, uh, it's America. Shoot the guy. Come on, yeah. you can do that. Um. So he was he was the brother was saying that. Um, you know, we should have superheroes because superheroes could have stopped this. And her point of view is superheroes make us weak and we shouldn't have to rely on superheroes because then if we didn't rely on superheroes, dad would still be alive. And he strongly disagrees, but there's no time for that. <laughs> I strongly disagree. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, she's so nonchalant for like so many of the conversations that you... there's just something eerie about her. You know, she, she just kind of screams that she's going to plot twist to be the villain and can I just say lazy animating because has anybody seen Mastermind mm, is that the one Megamind the, Megamind the guy, sorry the alien yeah. head guy yeah. is a villain Megamind, Megamind. Like, she was basically a scruffier version of the um, reporter that they had in that I'm yeah. really sorry Incredibles that is lazy in my <laughs> opinion as soon as I saw her I was like oh my god I've seen this I've seen this chick before <laughs> I've seen this animated chick before yeah that's quite funny <laughs> <laughs> animation wise though um, obviously it's been 15 years and the animation's gotten a lot better mm. like, yeah. there's just a lot more subtleties to the characters which really bring them to life more Like you can, all the hair is improved and um, Mrs Incredible especially Helen has a lot more features on her face which really kind of reflect her age a bit more she looks a bit older same with Bob, um, yeah. She's, I got, agree. she's got a few freckles, a few uh, like a few lines on her forehead and under her eyes a bit. Mm. You know, she's a mum, mm. so naturally she's got three very young children. Um, so yeah, there's a lot. Also, the lighting, the yeah. lighting was beautiful. It was really good. They did very well with their lighting effects in the film. Um, the from the first scene, I think it's the interrogation scene where he like flashes the light up and then moves it. Like I actually felt like I was being interrogated for a second. Yeah. That's it's good. very good. And then when uh, Elastigirl was in the screenslaver's room, big LED box thing, and it starts flashing up the shit. Oh yeah, in the flat. Yeah, yeah, inside his apartment. That was a creepy scene. Yeah. That was the most tense I have felt since A Quiet Place. To be it honest. was pretty tense, wasn't it? Was it was really intense. Especially when she walks into the room and his face is just in the background in the darkness. That really boots me out. But yeah, lighting was brilliant. One one standout scene for me was, you know, when she's riding her bike, her motorbike to try and catch up with the train. Mm. Um, I f- I'm fairly sure it, it must have been happening during a sunset or something because it was very orangey. Yeah. And it just looked really, it looked really beautiful. It did look nice. I liked it a lot. And, um, and it reflects off of her gingery brunette hair mm. very really well as well I think she is meant to be gingery brunette because Jack Jack's ginger she's ginger yeah she is ginger 
So that lighting worked really well with her character. Why the hell has Violet got black hair? It's dyed, man. Is it, mm. it is. Ooh. You think so? <laughs> no, it is. Yeah, she's. Uh, I think the whole thing is she's supposed to be like goth, isn't she? In the first film, mm. she dresses in black, hides a fringe over her face. No, that whole thing was because she feels invisible as a teenage girl, which is a very goth power. thing. I uh, yes, I know it's a very goth thing, but I just, I just okay, fine. <laughs> What's your mum's ginger? What? Dad's got blonde hair. Of course, her hair is dyed. I reckon she's either she's got to be either ginger or blonde, right? Mm. Naturally, so probably ginger. Mm. It's fifties. I bet ginger's got bullied all the time. You get bullied now. <laughs> gingers anyway, have always been bullied. Something I did like as well, to get, talking about the anime, uh, is when the water came out of her nose when <laughs> Bob took her to the restaurant to meet Tony Ridinger because obviously he'd forgotten about her and. Oh dear! Well, she was wiped from his memory. That was so sad. Violet got some real great character development in this film. Like everything involving Violet was really good. It just reflected those teenage years that we've all gone through so well. <laughs> I felt bad like, as well because I didn't quite understand what had happened at first when she was crying by the big window and Bob comes over and he's like. What, what are you still doing here? And Tom turned to me and went, oh my God, Bob forgot to take her to the film. I was like, no, I don't think he no, showed I, up. I said, I said he didn't show up. Oh, right. <laughs> but yeah, that's, I thought it was really sad. It was really sad. I, like, I liked the little bit of school drama they had though. You know, just like, this girl really likes someone whose mind's been erased. We've all been there. And, <laughs> and then she gets embarrassed in front of him and squirts water out of her nose. <laughs> She, she That's a common shit. thing. But also, when she uh, when she talks to him and she just makes a fool of herself every single time. Yeah. Like the first time, he doesn't know who she is, so she just sounds like really crazy. Mm. And then the second time, when she goes to introduce herself, and he's like, "Aren't you the girl from the restaurant?" And she's just like, "Violet." Aren't you the Violet. Aren't you the girl from with the water? That was That's it. What he said, "Violet, my name is Violet." Poor Violet. <laughs> yeah, I, I, all of the characters reflected their age really well. So the the characters were the characters. Spot on. The characters felt like they had more character. Yeah, I, I actually, except for Dash, Dash remained relatively the same for him. For me, yeah, but he, I still felt like he had more character. He's a seven year old boy. Yeah, yeah. You know. seven year old boys acting like a seven year old boy. No, but just... he felt more like a seven year old boy in this film than he did in the previous film. They yeah. just have these little quirks which really reflect them nicely. Like just when he's playing with the control. Mm. He's just pressing all the buttons, and then it starts to go wrong, and he's trying to make it right, but he's just pressing more buttons. Yeah, it's and the, the ground is open up, and the like, sofas is breaking. Look at my beautiful car, and Bob's looking at him like, "Whose beautiful car?" And when he when he sees it on the thing, he's going, "That's my car!" It's like, <laughs> they said it was broken beyond repair. Like I've just, I thought it was really funny, and it's where you get a moment between a father and a son. Of the son would love to have been what the father was. Yeah. But the father still wants to be what he was, and you have this connected moment of outrage. Life's not fair, yeah. yeah. Both of them are like angry about the whole situation. Yeah. And it's very funny. And then they're fighting over the remote because obviously he's still bloody got it. Yeah, I really like their family dynamic. That is a really good thing about these films. If they do another Incredibles film, I actually want to see them working together more, not just at the beginning and the end. Yeah. Like more throughout the film. Because at the beginning, they all mostly work together to stop the giant drill and then of course they work together at the end to stop uh, screen slaver mm. and I want to see more of that I want to see more of them you know combining all their powers and working as a family working as a team 
Because they've got a great dynamic, especially when they're fighting together. They've never really had a threatening bad guy in The Incredibles, though. No, not Neither really. Neither of the bad guys are really that threatening, <laughs> if we're being honest. I, mean, I don't um, know, Buddy was Syndrome pretty threatening. Syndrome, yeah, Syndrome eliminated majority of the old ones. This is true, right? But His character's not very threatening, not but very what you can do is very threatening. Yeah. yeah, they need like a Thanos, mate. Like, just Thanos' <laughs> presence is threatening. Alright. It is like, a kid's film, yeah, but their lack all right. of their lack of a serious villain is quite endearing though. Like it's 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 like the world isn't ending, it's just very small, conta- more contained villains. Yeah. Which is kinda nice once in a while. It seems like they only affect the city, like Batman villains. Yeah, sometimes you just need a, a Spider Man homecoming over a over a fucking civil war. <laughs> like sometimes you don't want the world to end. <laughs> this is true. You need a bit smaller, more contained. You just want the tri-state area endangered. And again, all the baddies are always regular humans. The, the super people are never bad guys. Yeah, they need a superhero that's decided to go bad. That yeah. would be interesting. That's why in this world, I feel like it just must be within their in their blood, in their genes, that they fight evil because of who they are. Mm. No, I would agree with that. I could, I could one hundred percent get behind that because like... they're definitely not a human then, right? I don't know. I don't know. Well, no, I mean, like, you give a human all of that power. Oh, I see. <laughs> like, you give me Mr. Incredible's powers, oh, my days. Most of the banks in Canterbury are getting robbed. <laughs> and there ain't dick all anybody could do about it. Nah, then we had a shit. I could throw a tank if I wanted to, like. <laughs> Where'd you get a tank from in Canterbury? <laughs> They'd have to send a tank to stop me and I'd throw it. <laughs> if you say with great power comes great responsibility, I swear I'll throw up on you. I think I'd like Mr. Incredible's power the most, to be honest. I would just love to be super strong. Out of all of them. Jack Jack! Nah, I'd take Violet's. Really? Yeah. That's creepy. Only because she's got control over it, and I'd like to fucking throw force fields at people, like. Walking down the Canterbury High Street, just a force field around you, and people getting knocked, like, the fuck? Oh, that's brilliant. When we're walking together, we put a force field on us, we'd never have to move out of the way again. She also throws them, like, bloody Destructo discs, Mm. doesn't she? Like, Krillin's finishing move. Like, imagine slicing somebody in half with a force field. That'd be brutal. Yeah, Violet's power is super cool. She could start a force field in somebody's heart and just expand it and kill them, and nobody would know. Yeah. Goddamn, she could, couldn't she? Yeah. I actually felt like... They were in proper danger. Like, I was in danger when we were watching the film and all of the superheroes start ganging up on the kids in the house as oh, well. Oh, yeah, the kids from Frozen like, in the house. When yeah. she's got the force field around them to protect themselves from the lightning guy and the, the other superhero who can, like, crush things starts crushing Crusher. the force field in. I was like, oh, my God, they're in they're, they're in actual danger. It's the scream that Violet lets out where she's trying to be strong for everybody and she realises, I can't... There's nothing I can do. I can't push my force field out anymore. We're all going to get crushed and I'm the only one... Who can do anything and then obviously Frozone comes along and everything's a bit better but love Frozone it's that moment where she has to grab Dash back as well because they've they've got the car they're in the car Frozone's been caught it is them and no one else is coming no one else is coming and Dash is trying to think like maybe we can go back for Lucius maybe we can call this person and, and Violet's like it's Dash there's no one else it's just us and the car and the car <laughs> I loved. I liked that scene. That was one of my favourites. Just when it's just them and they they're just kids and they know it, yeah. and they feel so helpless, but they still do it. You know, they go out there and save the parents. Love it. Yeah, it is lovely. What did you think of the new superheroes as well? Uh, I, that, okay, I really like owls. <laughs> 
but that owl guy was not cool he was not cool i didn't like him i didn't like the regurgitate guy i didn't particularly like the crusher guy um void was interesting but again i just all of them were a bit weak and sat and like yeah meh. they were they void were. was the only one who when she had the goggles on and she was fighting violet i was like okay okay yeah when she goes evil she goes really savage yeah void was really cool i liked void she had cool powers she's like portal come to life yeah i could see her um, coming back as in in the third one as some sort of sidekick to either violet or elastigirl i think mm. it's a shame she didn't get more character growth because she seems really interesting and i think when she becomes more sure of herself she could be a, a really good ally mm. yeah it's just a short film not enough time to do all of that pap you know if it was a Marvel film, we'd have got Pap on her. We probably would have got backstory and like yeah. origin stories and shit, you know. But luckily, we don't have to deal with that shit from a Pixar movie. Yeah, we're not going to get a whole interconnected universe thing. Actually, we do because Pixar films are all connected. Apparently, they are all based in the same universe, um, but they're not all interconnected. They're not all like, to the same degree. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Void was cool. I like how she acts really starstruck and nervous every time she talks to Elastigirl. I find mm. that really relatable. <laughs> it's one of those don't meet your hero things, though, because every time she talks to her, she kind of blanks her. She does, yeah. She just kept, kept parring her off. <laughs> parring her to, off. <laughs> she didn't mean to, though, because every time she came to talk to her, something shit happened, and she had to go deal with it. Yeah, the second time she talks to her, she's trying to get some advice, but Elastigirl realises th that there's something unusual about that recording with... Um, Screenslaver, and she's like, "Yeah, will you excuse me one moment?" And I was like, "Oh, poor Void." Yeah, good talk, thank you. Bye. Also, she says what her real name is. I'm fairly sure at one point she's like, "Hi, I'm Karen." I mean, Void. And yeah. She's yeah. like, "Oh, for God's sake, Void." Yeah. Come on. So her name's Karen. <laughs> it's like you're supposed to. It's meant to be your secret identity. Secret. Mm. There. Oh, and Violet taking her mask off at the start. At the start of the thinking? film. Yeah. Yeah. That was stupid. That was stupid. Some of these people are really bad. Uh, hiding their secret identities mm. it's not good I did like I, in the beginning I was quite glad for Violet's change in obviously we're talking about the dis destructor disc things it was cool that she could do that because she couldn't do that in the second one the uh, first one but she can do it in the second one which means she's been developing it because I remember at first thinking Violet you should look after the baby because Dash is fast and he can build a perimeter really quickly when actually she was more helpful in that situation than Dash would have been if only she could have put a force field around the the digging thing and just mm. lift it off the ground big force field there I feel like until Jack Jack becomes of a certain age yeah but she put it around the plane and then passed out yeah that's true <laughs> until Jack Jack becomes of a certain age where he can actually join them in their adventures Edna Mode just needs to babysit while they all work together to do the rest of it mm. because they've all got all of their powers are really useful well, of course, darling. He's smart. He's bright, and I'm a. Uh, what was it? I'm a genius, was it? Or no, no, I'm not a genius. I'm stimulating. Yeah, stimulating. He's bright, it. and I'm stimulating. We deserve each other. And he like waves at her. Yeah, just oh, darling. They're both just walking down the hallway, like reflecting each other's walk. It was so. <laughs> she, he's so he's good. got his own bloody so eye scan for Christ's sake. But to him, she's. He's art to her now, isn't he? <laughs> it's the way she does the, the Edna going into the secret lab thing. She puts his hand on it and holds him up to it and then makes him speak into it. And, and then poses in a little smile yeah. afterwards with him. <laughs> when she's like, Edna, mode. And yeah, he's he like, there, there, there. Love Jack Jack. 
And then, but the, when they when I when Helen has her new suit made by somebody else, I do remember turning to Tom being like, "Edna's going to be pissed." off and then later obviously that all comes along when bob turns up to just give her jack jack like i can't do this anymore and she's like how dare you show your face around here (laughs) (laughs) oh my god it's worse than i thought and he brings it and then she's like i don't do babies you know i don't do babies and then jack jack starts showing all these powers and the first one is just turning into edna and she's like i'll take him oh my god oh my god wacky yes darling. He sneezes, fires himself up into the air. She like runs to catch him and dives, and, and then he, he just stops in the air in front of her. And she's like, oh, oh my god! god. Yes. yes. <laughs> you know, with Elastigirl's new darker suit, yeah, more darker, serious. I felt like that was. I might be overthinking this, but it felt like a very slight commentary on superhero films and their when they get those darker, more edgy suits. Maybe because she was talking about that. She was like, "I'm not emo. I'm not gothic. I'm." I'm Elastigirl, you know, I'm I'm flexible. Like, <laughs> it's not apparent, but it does feel like a bit of a little dig at DC a little bit, or X-Men, you know, Good trying to make their DC. darker suits. <laughs> it's like sometimes, I mean, I get that we can't have the yellow and blue Wolverine spandex suit sometimes, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, honestly, it's uh, could you imagine Hugh Jackman in that suit? Oh, God. I, I'd love it. I'd love it so much, but it wouldn't work, but I'd love it so much. Is that only descriptive about herself? I'm flexible. I bet you fucking are. (laughs) (laughs) She's got really cool powers. I loved um, the bike scene. Just when she... The bike detaches and then she becomes longer. That was really cool. Very creative use of her powers. It was actually really exciting. Like, all the action scenes were really exciting. That motorbike scene was like the... Black Widow motorbike scene in Age of Ultron, except it was a lot cooler. Yeah. <laughs> I liked it though. Um, all the action scenes were really exciting. They were really well done. Yeah. I mean, the the very last ten minutes or so were a bit disappointing. Like everything kind of wraps up really easily. What you know, just everyone getting their goggles off. They they didn't really leave it like they did last time with the behold the underminer like they you know this time was just like oh they're rushing off to go and do a shooting you say like, that yeah. you say the end of this was weak right do you not remember the end of the first one yeah I just said it no 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 before like because they do the though the end of the big the big like action sequence and then they do a little filler afterwards right which was the behold the underminer bit but where the actual threat ended in the first film was bloody syndrome getting his cape stuck in a plane and getting sucked into it that's yeah. how that's how he got defeated yeah by getting sucked into a plane oh but i liked it just because Jack Jack outdid him, and then he died being a clumsy twat. It's it's as weak of a like. Oh, this is how the problem got solved, as it was in the first one. No, I disagree because the end into this one, the point I'm talking about, is more like the end of the last one when they defeat the giant ball monster thing, metal monster. I feel like it's more like that part of the ending. You know, like that's the big threat that they have to stop, and right. in this one, the big threat is stopping all the superheroes with their mind control goggles, which they just do so easily. Yeah, like as soon well, as Helen gets hers off, the rest of them are just they are easy all, pickings. They are all shit tier superheroes. The rest of them, yeah. if we're being honest, right? Syndrome like, um, killed all the last ones. So I think, I think even the villain Evelyn was a bit surprised at how easy it was because she's just looking at all the the screens and they're slowly all just blacking out. And it's mm. like, oh shit, this doesn't. This has not gone to plan. This is not what I wanted. No caps.
Meta Man, Express Elevator, Diner Guy, Snag on Takeoff, Splashdown, Sucked into a Vortex, Knock It! Shall we give this film our ratings? Yes. Cool. Good point. We haven't spoke about this, so this is going to be all yeah. new and surprising. Do you want to go first, Tom? I am going to go with the highest rating I think I've given so far. I'm going to give it a 9. Uh, really good film. I really enjoyed it. It was fun. It was short as well, which I fucking love. I hate really long movies, and we've only gone to see really long movies recently. Only thing for me that wasn't so great about it is that it's essentially the same story arc as the first film. You know, it's been 15 years, so I imagine it's probably fresh for most children watching it nowadays. But for me, it's like, oh, okay, it was just, you know, Incredibles 1 with a differences and a lot better graphics that's but it was right, still yeah. really fucking good so so that's why it doesn't get a 10 just doesn't get a 10 because similarity. of similarities to the first film too similar that's fair enough Eleanor I'm gonna give it a 9 as well it was nostalgic it was funny it was adult at the same time so it did have that tip to the hat of everybody who had watched it originally when for us when we were younger and how we've still come back because we loved it mm. um yeah, I'm going to give it a nine. Okay. <laughs> um, before you guys said your nines, I was also going to give it a nine. Oh, because nines all round! A nine out of ten from the What's On team. It's really exciting and dramatic and cool. The only reason I don't give it a ten is because of the predictability of the plot. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, yeah, we, we all knew that Evelyn was going to be the bad guy. It was so obvious. From the moment she was like, oh, wow, these cameras, they're so amazing. And she's like, oh, I designed them myself. I was like, well, you're clearly the person who's hacking all the technology. Yeah, There's only one hacking. good guy who's two good guys that are good with technology. And both of them are pretty not good either. Mm. Batman and fucking Iron Man. If there's any humans that are good with technology in The Incredibles, they're going to be a villain. Yeah. It's always going to happen. That's the trope. So it was it was a little predictable and like Tom said it kind of um, borrows a lot of the same sort of plot points from the first film in which uh, well pretty much what Tom said really yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to repeat it that wouldn't be fun to listen to I mean I still think that's 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 got to be the highest score right yeah, that we've given, given. Yeah. no that all of us have given yeah, yeah ever since but we've that's... started um, giving ratings since Ant-Man this is the highest one we've given so far so so far Incredibles 2 best film we've seen yeah <laughs> thank you so much for watching you can message us on what's on podcast at outlook.com or we're on twitter at what's on underscore podcast do we have a um, tweet sometimes not very often. <laughs> I, I, I occasionally I'll tweet. I'll download it and I'll start tweeting just for that. And yeah, feel free to like, comment, subscribe, rate us and all that jazz. And we will get back to any comments we see. So thank you very much. We are the What's On Team and we will see you next week. Bye. See ya. Bye.